Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Hey there, it's Timmy Manor, and welcome to the Spirit of Sport right here on 1170 SEN. Joining me tonight, <laughs> like he does every week. Thank you. Blitz. Yep, right here. Thanks, thanks for, for joining me. Yeah, thanks. For yes, hey, our guest today, mate. This yeah. is a good one. Uh, this is a good one. Hey, I'll, it's it's, it's going to be a journey we're going to go on today, but good. let's start with a bit of an intro. After making his NRL debut back in 2010 with the St. George Illawarra Dragons, our guest had one of the most, I guess, one of the most toughest rides through a rugby league career we've seen. He, across 10-year career, I guess, played for the Dragons, Cowboys, and the mighty Parramatta Eels in the NRL before moving to England to play for the Featherstone Rovers. I think there was a stint there at the Sharks. Yes, there was. Um, in his career, our guest suffered a peck, knee, and countless other injuries um, as his career was cut short with the Sharks in 2020. Uh, a career typified by courage and countless work, and I'm so glad to have him share his story with us. Our guest tonight on the Spirit of Sport is our man, Cameron King. Cam, Woo! thanks for joining us. Yes. Hey, guys, thank you for having me. It's uh, too nice of an intro, that one, but I appreciate it very much. Oh, mate, it's, oh, I could have gone longer. I'm not going to lie to you. I had some help from producer Tom. He uh, put some nice words together. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but it is a lot of um, – it's, it's a long journey of so many highs and lows. Let's, let's um, not get into it straight away, Benny. Right, let's start the journey. Let's, let's just firstly ask you, how are you going, Cam? How are you going? I haven't seen you for a yeah, while. Yeah, I'm really good. You're well? I'm actually just awaiting the birth of my second child. So, oh, that's right. Steph um, told me. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a three or four days overdue. Yes, so, yes. Um, yeah, just waiting around for that at the moment. So that's the excitement in my life right now. Well, well, if you get the call up, mate, just let them know. You've got, you got another 25 minutes on SEN <laughs> and you'll be, uh, you'll be available soon. Benny, how, how, did, you, off, how did you go with the birth? Yeah, I went all right. You got three. Yeah, I um I don't know if we can keep this on the podcast after I say it, but my third one, my wife, she didn't just lay on her back. She she went like all at it. Yeah, like that, was, all, that was that was like maybe all, my second. All, yeah, all fours, and she didn't tell me she's going to do that. Yeah, and I just thought I was in a sci-fi film. I just didn't. I just did not know where I was. Oh, it's it's, it's mate, and this is very controversial to say, especially on air. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I oh, listen. Let me disclaimer first, Cameron. Let me say this first. Women, I have the utmost respect. What yes. you, it is the toughest thing that ever would happen to a human. It's very hard. Yeah. I understand that. Yes, yes, yes. yes. But, but for the man, <laughs> it's still be careful. Kid. It's still a journey. Oh. That's all I'm going to say. It's still yeah. a journey. He's not being careful. We're often neglected in that in the process. You know what yeah. We? What about us? Uh, yeah, I know. What about me? Yeah, it's not um, easy. All right, now Kingy. Um, well, firstly, I can't wait to to meet. Do you know what you're having? A boy or a girl? Uh, yeah, we know we're having, but we've kept it a surprise. Ah, oh, good, okay. okay. So probably don't yeah. say on the airwaves of 1170. So no, yeah, no gender reveal? No big nah, no nah, gender hoopla. reveal this time. Okay. You know what, Benny? I'm not a fan of the gender reveal. No, I've got to be honest. They're pretty common these days. It's very common, aren't it? Yeah. yeah. Some, of my, some of my good friends I just had to sit down and give them a talking to. Yeah, some good bloopers, though. When they <laughs> yeah, go yeah. Wrong. yeah. The face of the guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I feel like... The suspense is great. That I'm, I'm actually looking forward to see what Cameron has now. Cam, let's um, let's start let's start the journey. Um, coming up as an up and coming youngster, you were counted as a as a superstar coming through the like as a kid. Um, 
even me, like I was, I was playing for scrap. I remember people talking about you and everyone. You were someone that was kind of destined to have an NRL career from a very young age. How did you cope with that? How did you deal with that um, as a youngster? Um, nothing really fazed me um, coming through sort of like the junior system. I was just playing some good footy. And um, my last year of high school, 2009, I had a really good year. Pretty much captained um, like all the rep teams and played a lot of footy. I started the year in under-20s at the Dragons and then, um, yeah, played school footy, New South Wales, Australian schoolboys, um, and barely got a scratch. I probably played 40 or 50 games of footy that year. Um, and then, yeah, sort of transitioning from high school to sort of the NRL part-time and then full-time was, um, yeah, something that, you know, I'm really grateful that I did. But, um, yeah, I guess looking back, my body sort of just didn't um, keep up and didn't adapt to the to the conditions, I guess. How did you go with that transition from from that junior reps to that, um, you know, full-on professional? Um, yeah, I mean, my, my first year out of school, I went part-time um, NRL, so I was training three days a week, and then I was working at the same time as well. So um did a full pre-season, and then uh, my first sort of first-grade trial game, um, I did my shoulder. So oh. um, I had surgery sort of at the start of 2010, and, um, yeah, that ruled me out for, yeah, majority of the year, which is my first year out of school, which oh, was, what a start. Um, yeah, really disappointing. You came through that crew, though, like, was Jamie Seattle and all that a bit, of, like, kind of taking you under their wing? Is that the kind of the crew that was at Dragons when you were there? Yeah, I had, there was a really good group of um, senior players there. Um, Stowie, Ben Hornby, yeah. Dean Young, Nathan Fien, um, Ben wow. Cray, Matt Cooper. Um, yeah, it was, it was a really good system to come into and all those guys were sort of um, in really good form and um, sort of, yeah, in the well, they ended up winning the comp, didn't they, in 2010? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, it was a great system to, you know, start my career in and being coached by Wayne Bennett as well was, um, yeah, a real thrill. Well, that was obviously all your work 2010, wasn't it? Yeah, look, I wasn't playing too much, but what I did away from the field is probably goes unnoticed, but um, yeah, no, that's for another time. <laughs> Maybe when I write a book one day. <laughs> oh, mate, I honestly, it's, you've, you've had like the, some really uh, tough luck when it comes to injuries. What were you like, I guess, mentally when you were going through the, the setbacks and you would have known what the journey would be? Like, so when you had an injury on the field, you would have known, okay, this is what I'm in for for the next two, three, four months. What was that moment like when you knew you had another injury? Yeah, it was, um, I mean, when I, I did my first shoulder when I was 18. So um, when you're sort of younger, you know, people say, oh, you'll be right, you're young, you know, you can, you'll come back and all of that. And yeah. I sort of ripped into my rehab. It was my first couple of um, surgeries that I'd had and I just sort of took it as it came and, and knew what to do and felt like I could get back to playing good footy. But um, yeah, as you sort of get older and once you've been through the injuries and the rehab, I think, yeah, when when it does happen, that's the first thing that comes through your mind is just, you know, what's ahead of you and what you've got to go through to get back. And, um, yeah, it is, it's really tough, not only physically but mentally. So, um, yeah, there was a couple of times there I was in a pretty bad place and um, didn't want to go out and see anyone and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, you just got to keep pushing through it and um, time heals everything, I guess. Yeah. And when you're going through injuries and you're in that rehab group or sometimes in your own in that rehab group, um, you know, we've had players in here on the show in the past talk about how you feel like a bit of an outsider on your own team. Um, how did you, one, did you have those feelings? And two, if you did, what, how did you cope with, you know, that feeling of not being part of the playing group or not feeling part of the main group? 
Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, apart from the injury and the surgery itself, I think that's the hardest part because um, you play a team sport and that's all you want to do is be around your teammates. And when that's, you know, basically taken away from you and you're sitting in a cardio, cardio room that's four yeah. metres wide and um, you, you're getting flogged and you don't feel like you're achieving anything and you're missing out on, you know, all the celebrations after a win and um, what's going on at training and video sessions. And it's a, it can be a really lonely place. and um, some guys can really struggle with that, and I probably did towards the back end of my career when I was younger. I sort of it didn't phase me too much, but yeah, yeah towards the back end, um, yeah, that was probably a struggle that I had. And you just got to try and make the effort to stay positive and, and get around the team as much as you can, and hoping that you have some good coaches and trainers that um, keep you involved in in some way. With the rehab journey in front of you, and you kind of you knowing what you're getting into. What was your um, mindset heading into it? Was there anything you, like, you know, you were saying to yourself, or any mantra that you kind of, um, you know, ad- adapted to your to your approach? Um, not like one specific thing. I think you just got to set yourself um, definitely short term goals. Uh, whether it's getting out of a knee brace, um, getting out of a sling, get, progressing to the next step of the rehab. You sort of got to celebrate those little wins along the way. Otherwise. You know, you, you look too far into the future and you can't really see it, but um, if you just take it one step at a time and knock off little goals along the way, um, I find that is a, is a good way to reach your long-term goals. Yeah. Was there any um, significant, like, character lessons or, you know, principles that you learnt through these these tough, challenging times in your career? Um, I think just, that, you know, the tough times won't last forever. Yeah, it's good. Um, you know... It's a bit of a cliche saying, but one that I used to like was no, "tough good. times don't last, tough people do." Yeah, yeah um, and I and you know I like that one because the tough times don't last, but you know when you're going through it, it is really tough. Yeah, um, so yeah. you need a good support network around you, and um, like I said, just celebrate little wins along the way and um, tick them off, and then you know do your best to get back to you know where you want to be, and, and that's you know in rugby league, it's back getting out on the field. Yeah, I, I. I talked about something the other day about my injuries I've had in my career. And I kind of scanned my body and went toe, ankle, knee. Like, if if you had to, if you had a minute, what what could you kind of list at the top of your head of some some of the injuries or the major injuries you've had in your career? Um, so yeah, I finished my career with four um, shoulder reconstructions, oh. two on each side, um, two knee reconstructions, ACL, like one on each side. Um, I had a broken thumb, syndesmosis injury on my ankle. And, yeah, I did my sort of medial ligaments sort of, yeah, three or four times. So, um, yeah, just, I mean, that, that's the thing. I, I could deal with the injuries. It's not that. It's more just when there was an opportunity for me to, um, you know, cement myself in rugby league in the, in the NRL. I just couldn't take it because of my body. Yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable, man. And, you know, I guess I don't want to make this all about your injuries, but you had some really good times as well. Like I know even personally, you and I, we, we, um, we had a pretty fun ride in 2017. Um, what are what are some of the I guess the, the moments of your career you look back with like fondly that you really enjoyed? Um, well, I mean, for me, you know, I, I made my debut um, in 2010, and um, you know that's obviously a highlight. Um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to play in the World Club Challenge for the Dragons in 2011, and um, that was an experience that you know was awesome for me being around all the senior guys at the time. I'm um, getting to travel to the UK for a couple of weeks and um, just learn off those sort of guys. 
Yeah, awesome. um, and yeah, probably my major highlight was probably playing semi-final footy for Parramatta. Um, you know, there was definitely a stage there where I didn't think I'd get back to the NRL, and um, yeah, for me to be playing 80 minutes at hooker and um, playing in semi-finals was yeah a dream come true in 2017. Yeah, they have the the Broncos are playing tonight against the Eagles, but we had some fun that game up there, Suncorp, didn't we? The Broncos game. Did you play? Yeah, that one? I um. Yeah. I do. I see that video a lot. That yeah, you know, was part of the game with the, the fastest try in the NRL. Correct, with the um, with the big yeah, fella scored that night. And yeah, to be able to see little highlights like that just sort of reminds you of you know back when you were playing and um, the fun that you did have when you were playing. Yeah, and what are you doing with yourself now? Um, so I'm up in. Uh, we're back up in Townsville now. Um, I'm working for the Quantar Foundation, so oh, yeah, yeah. we support um, young Indigenous men through high school um, with the hope of them finishing school and, and finding employment once they graduate. So it's a really good program. Uh, this is my second year now. I'm at Kerwin State High School in Townsville, so uh, we've got the second biggest academy in Australia. So I'm uh, really busy with that. I'm looking after year 12 boys, so they're getting pretty close to graduating now. So um, yeah, it's an exciting time for them and, and for me as well. How um, how long have you been doing that, and what are what have been some of the highlights so far? Um, yeah, so this is my second year, so yeah, nearly finished two years. Um, I think the highlights is just seeing you know some of these boys where they start, um, and and where you can help them get to by the end. Um, you know, for for a lot of them, home life is not great, and uh, we support that positive environment for them to come to school, um, be happy. We run programs outside of school. Uh, we train twice twice a week in the morning. We run afternoon activities after school. It's just about keeping the boys busy so good. Um, and trying to give them experiences um, you know, that they probably haven't had before. And along with that, we're trying to get them through school and find them a job as well so they can contribute to society. Does your experiences help you, I guess, working in that space? Like guys that might have been going through a bit of a rough, rough trot, do you find they connect with you more because you, you can kind of talk from experience? Yeah, yeah. I find... Um, yeah, I can really find common ground with, with a lot of the boys and um, they all love their footy and love their sport. So it's just about having good relationships with them and with their families and them knowing that they can trust you and um, you know anything they need, they come to us and we provide that support for them that um, you know they might struggle to find elsewhere. If you Sorry, man, I'm just smashing with questions right now. I'm just curious to get, to get your <laughs> thoughts on things. But if you're looking back in your career now, um, could say to a young player, you know, some advice. What, what kind of advice would you give a young player coming through the grades? Like a young Kem King, what would you like to have been told? Oh, yeah, it's, that's really tough, isn't it? Because when you're in it, yeah. um, you're just not thinking about anything else. But I think for me, I, you know, I just tell a young kid to just enjoy every moment. Um, you know, you never know when it's going to end. and um, You're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days, but, um, you know, stick at it. Don't give up, and um, yeah, always, always look for a positive and a negative because, yeah, before you know it, it's over, and um, you look back and you know wish you could have done more. Tell us a bit about um, your, your partner. How did how did you guys meet, and how long you've been together, and all that? Um, yeah, so we met uh, when I was playing up here for the Cowboys in 2014. So, uh, been together for a while now. Uh, she moved back down to Sydney with me uh, when I signed with Parramatta. Uh, for cool. 2016, so um, she's been along for yeah most of the journey. Um, we moved over to the UK as well, so that was a big move for us at the time. Yeah, right. um, 
and then yeah, we we fell pregnant over there with our first child, and um, ended up coming back to Australia at the end of 2019, um, just for family reasons, obviously. So um, yeah, she's been a big part of the journey and has helped me um, get through some tough times as well. Yeah, yeah, that's um, you for one, you're punching. So congratulations. <laughs> Two, I just, I, just so, I think you cut out then. She's punching. <laughs> And two, I just remembered you. So you were part of the the Dragons Grand Final winning squad, and then on top of that, you were part of the Cowboys Grand Final winning squad. Both, yeah, look, drought breaking. I, mean, I didn't want to say it, but the, the trophy <laughs> cabinet is pretty full. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> How about yours, Timmy? Oh well, mate. Well, you know what? I was actually I remember this because I remember when King came to us. I'm thinking, well, I hope he brings that luck to here because yeah, yeah. he's broken a few droughts already. Yeah. Um, well, look, I don't want to brag, but we did win the nines a couple of months. That's right. Yeah, that's oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, no, yeah. No, glad you said Which it. Which the first bit of silverware Paramount's won in 36 years, so it's, it was a pretty nice little addition. Uh, um, <laughs> before we had that trip from us, but that's another story. <laughs> um, yeah, so you obviously were in that environment. What what do you like? You've you played at a number of different clubs, different cultures. What do you think helped them win competitions? Like, what is it? If you could like look at the culture and the way they did things, why were they successful compared to other teams? Yeah, like I, I find myself um, thinking about it a lot. Like, obviously, my career didn't go to plan, and you know, I wish I could have changed a lot of things. But I do really find myself really lucky um, to be a part of you know, a couple of squads that achieved that. Because, um, you know, I know a lot of guys play 200, 300 games and, and don't get to experience that. So, yeah, I do count myself very lucky for those experiences. Um, you know, I think with those squads, they had a great group of senior guys who were at the peak of their career. Um, and, and everyone's just on the same page. Um, everyone's made, you know, I know it's cliche, but everyone's pulling in the same direction. Um, they hold each other accountable for the little things, um, and yeah, obviously I had a couple couple of really good coaches as well, great coaching staff. Um, but I think it's it's just a squad effort. It's a you know, thirty forty man squad that you know puts in the work from November all the way to October, and um, it's just about holding each other accountable, like I said, and demanding the best out of each other. And once you do that, um, whoever comes into the team that week. Um, knows what to do and you know we've seen the great teams anyone comes in and can do that job did you ever experience a player come in and um you know be too big for their boots and not assimilate with that culture and um if you did how, how did how did that process go did they stay did they did they get rid of them um oh, not not off the top of my head i can't really think of that but um you know obviously some players move to clubs and and, and it doesn't work out for whatever reason but um like I said, I think if you've got a strong leadership group who can pull up anyone, no matter who it is, and you know, let them know that that's not our standard and that's not what we do, um, I think those might be tough conversations. But in the long run, that's you know, that's the culture you want to drive, and and that culture is going to bring success. Yeah. You talk about like a strong leadership group and strong leaders. Uh, tell the listeners a bit about your experience with Sunny Bill. I think you were 14 years old when you first met him. Yeah. So um, I've told this story before that. Yeah, definitely a highlight of my yeah, life, really. Yeah. Um, Sonny Bill was, yeah, my idol when I was 13, 14. And, um, yeah, I moved to Sydney and um, he was living not too far away. And, uh, yeah, my mum ended up writing him a letter and, and putting it in his mailbox and just sort of thanking him for being a, a good role model for young men. And, um, yeah, she must have put my phone number on the letter. And 
he ended up calling me one night and we had a chat and then he said he was going to come around and say good day and I absolutely uh, <laughs> lost it there for a minute. So you, um, and then, yeah, half an hour later, he knocked on the door and ended really? up, yeah, just chatting. And, yeah, he, he come inside and we, we spoke for probably 30 minutes. Um, he brought over a box of clothes and I've still got the size 14 pair of shoes that he dropped off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm still waiting for my growth spurt, but I don't think it's ever going to come. So, um, oh. Yeah, that's definitely an experience that yeah I'll, I'll never forget. And um, I've still been able to contact him over the years and um, have a chat when when things weren't going great. Yeah, nice. Yeah, mate. He's such he's such a good human, but he's also just a great leader as well. The way he just like that. No one would have known about that. He'll just done that on his own bat. Mm. Um, yeah, I've probably got a bit in a bit of hot water at the start of this show. We're talking about men's experiencing experiences during birth uh, <laughs> you might want to revisit your statement about the, the highlight of your life considering how bad <laughs> have a second child yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I meant wife at, at, at the stage yes yeah, yeah okay yeah gotcha gotcha um, well yeah that, that's such a crazy experience like he like you think about you know what he, how easily he could have ignored that or just you know like that's a nice, a nice letter I actually love that your mum did that. And while we're on the topic of of your mum, young, lovely Amanda, uh, what's her involvement with the Sharks? Um, yeah, so she's actually finished up at the Sharks now. Oh, okay. Um, her and my sister have moved to the Gold Coast now. But, um, yeah, mum, mum did a really good job. She sort of helped um, kickstart the women's program yeah, there yeah. a few years ago. Her and um, Ruan Sims really drove that. And uh, mum was just manager of the girls' team and, I know that she's really proud um, of where they've where they've come to now, and um, yeah, to see the success in the women's game is is unreal. And um, she ended up before she left, she was um, yeah the, the well-being officer at the Sharks. She went up to the Gold Coast in 2020 with the bubble, um, so she was involved with that. And um, yeah, she did a really good job there, and I know she was really proud of of where she come from. Yeah. So what's she doing up there, at Gold Coast now? Living the dream? Um, she's just working. She's just doing a couple of jobs, just working part-time. And um, she is hopeful of getting into um, the footy system again, whether it be Q Cup or, you know, the women's um, program at the Titans. Yeah, Karen um, yeah, Murphy's up there coaching, and she's a legend. She's a, pretty much a female Wally Lewis. Yeah. yeah. I know mum's really, really big on the welfare stuff, and um, she's sort of had some pretty good experiences with me since I've been sort of 13, 14, and... Um, any situation to do with sport and the highs and lows, she's pretty much been through with me. So yeah. she's definitely perfect for that role. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I know she's wanting to get back into that space. Good on her. I love how she's involved she is. And she's, I feel like she's just such a great example of what, you know, of females in sport and the contribution they, like they make. Um, but she's she's a legend. Um, mm. Now, we're talking about, just quickly about well-being, you just made me think of a, a certain mutual friend of ours, yeah, the good doctor, Dave Gower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we have had him on this show, but we've also spoken about the whole coffee intake, Benjamin. I don't know if you remember this, this, no, this combo. Yeah. No, uh, can you, I can't remember what side of the aisle you sat on, but the whole idea of I wake up in the morning, I've had a double shot piccolo, I've gone to training, I've come back, I've had, another, I've had a, just a normal cappuccino, single shot. How many coffees have I had? <laughs> Uh, Riddle me this. I've had two, so you're on that side of the aisle. Are you still yeah. standing by that now, even after he geniusly showed us the air of our ways? Well, I, I, I'm sticking. 
So yeah, so I'm sorry. just to listeners that if you didn't heard that episode, I'll tell I'm you what. Cam. You're with Cam. Yeah. You're going to have two coffees. Yeah, not medically, but culturally. Yeah, culturally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm here a, we I'm go. I'm just saying, how many, how many cups are on the table? Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay well, no, that's no. two. That's two cups. Okay, so if I've got a big glass, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. A litre of coffee. Well, yeah. One coffee. No, yeah. I just get a normal mug <laughs> and I'll pour two piccolos in that. How many coffees am I having? Yeah, one. <laughs> one? Yeah, culturally, that's a coffee. That's, that's a cup. two that's coffees. A... I'm pouring it into one glass. It's a cuppa. <laughs> the cover here, yeah, you, this is very controversial, Ben. I actually thought you were more intelligent than that. <laughs> it's just cultural, mate. Simple. Benny, if you were a, a, a footy player, right? This I know you're, be, you're a basketball player. This would be good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As a footy player, right? Um, I have been told I look like Gutho. Wow. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's a sledge or... For him it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Oh, yeah, but there's a similarity there. Yeah, continue, you were saying. Um, we, like, we speak about, we've got different, all different kinds of players coming to the show. Someone like Kingy. Um, where do you see yourself? Like, do you see yourself as a bit of a larrikin on the team or do you see yourself as more the the senior um, serious type? In my um, heyday, I was more intense. You were intense? Yeah. Okay. So, like, if you kicked my basketball, I didn't like it. Yeah. I was first there, last to leave. <laughs> Yeah, okay. No so you were a bit like Gutho. You like yeah. first day, last to leave. No mucking around worker. at training, yeah. Kingy, uh, for listeners that don't know, you, you present very well. You look sharp. You speak well. You're very thorough, hardworking. But you're also very, very funny, <laughs> which doesn't – I feel like that part of your game, that part of your social life doesn't get the raps and attention it deserves. Your, your wittiness is very impressive. Um, yeah, look. I, I learned from a young age when I come into the dragon system that you got to be pretty quick between the years. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you got to strike first and strike hard. <laughs> um, you've always, you always, always got to be ready because anything's going to pop up from any angle. Yeah, yeah. And if you if you sit on it for too long, then you lose. Well, you did. So, you did have a good crew. I feel like yeah, that that dragon crew was very on the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. To be fair, I did used to get stitched up like we used to have, you know, goose of the week and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, there'd be a few stories, and I just get told, "Look, when everything's done, you just say this story, but add a little bit of GST, however you want." <laughs> um, and yeah, that's probably where it came from because I used to just yeah stitch up one bloke, and I had a bit of ammunition, and just make up the rest, make up a lie. I reckon that's a part of the game that rugby league players develop as they get like it's almost like you get forced to to have ammo and be able to to shoot off again because. You're in the firing line all the time. If you come, if you just get a haircut, come to training. Oh, look at him! Like yeah, everyone's yeah, like, yeah. you've always got to be ready to to, yeah. to defend yourself. Yeah, um, yeah. The footy, the footy culture, it's the best. You, you can do one thing and it's the worst, and then you do something else. You think it's good, it's even worse. Yeah. Um, you get a girlfriend and yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Lose um, Yeah, you get a haircut and it's it's a crap haircut, even though you know it's good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Well, speaking of haircuts, so Dave Gale, he, uh, Ben, he was a hard, hard marker. Like we had, you know, an eighteen-year-old Reed Money come to the club, and within the first two weeks, Gary's telling him he's only got a few haircuts left because yeah. he he makes sure everyone's on notice. But, yeah. but now, Kingy, you're probably the only player that I've ever played with alongside with Dave Gale that didn't cop the brunt of his uh his thinning hair uh, wrath. <laughs> are, are you are you proud of your hairline? Is it still there? I'm, I'm very happy with it. There's no issue there at all. Yeah. 
That's, um, yeah. Strong brow. Yeah, nah. Yeah, strong, strong. Get a haircut. It's back in two weeks. Yeah, um, yeah. I miss those. Days. Yeah, it's good growth. Yeah, it's, um, oh, there's no no complaints here. Oh man, these are the days. There's no complaints. You're, you're a blessed man. I used to love going to the barber. Actually, getting my the, t- the scalp worked on, not just my beard. <laughs> beard and eyebrows. <laughs> back hair. Get, stand up, take my shirt off. Can you my back down, please? Um, <laughs> Kingy, uh, England. Um, we always hear mixed reviews. We had Bevy on the show oh, a couple of months ago now, but it's a bit of a love-hate relationship. People love it, but there's also a lot of challenges being away from home and all the you know the different stages of your career as well. Um, how did you find England? I felt like just just by stalking you on social media at the time, I felt like uh, you really embraced um, you know your time there, especially at the uh, Featherstone Rovers. I felt like you know you, they really embraced you as well. How did you find it? Yeah, I loved it. Um, I guess for me, it was a major step back as well, just because it's part-time footy. So um, I was, you know, I've been a professional athlete for 10 years, went over there and just trained Tuesday, Thursday night and played on the weekend. So that was probably the hardest adjustment. Um, Obviously, the weather was not great. I left Sydney in 40 degrees and landed in minus two. Um, And then, yeah, that that was definitely the toughest part was, playing in that winter yeah um my first trial game i ran out it was minus two it was snowing um i mean, I, I, I didn't know what i was doing yeah um but you know the whole experience and i loved it um i did intend staying over there longer than 12 months but uh, the way things worked out that didn't happen so uh, but yeah i just bought into it and um yeah featherston rovers had a, a really good history um they were a club that was trying to rebuild and um, from where we started the year, we ended up making the grand final and no one probably gave us a chance. But, yeah, I absolutely love the experience and, and I would love to go back. Yeah. you um, Like I said, you seemed like you were very well loved. Is coaching something you'd consider? Um, I'd, I'd never really considered it, um, but I do help out the boys at, at Curl and High yeah. whenever they need. And um, just, just, you know, it's just some specialty stuff like with the halves and hookers and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's it's not something that um, I've really thought about. And to be honest, um, yeah, I, I am enjoying some time away from rugby league. It's yeah, it's all I've done since I was you know five years old, and yeah. you know seriously, I've ever done it since you know thirteen, fourteen. So um, I am enjoying the time away. But yeah, maybe in the future I'll, I'll get back and be involved in the game somehow. Yeah, you don't really realise the anxiety you carry for your whole career until you stop playing, and you're like, oh. I didn't realise how stressed I was. Um, it's crazy, yeah. eh? Like, so many yeah, footy players that retire, they, they don't even realise they were carrying that for the last 10, 15 years. And then they retire. And like, yeah. Obviously, there's different challenges when you retire, but that whole stress and pressure you put on yourself to perform, it's it's unbelievable how much that actually bears down on you without you knowing. Yeah, it's a, definitely a bit of a, a weight's been lifted since I finished playing. Um, not that I didn't enjoy my career, obviously. I loved yeah. it and I loved yeah. the game. But, um, yeah, when that weight's been lifted and... Um, yeah, like you said, you probably don't know at the time, but um, yeah, once you do finish playing, it's a it's a whole new world. Yeah, well, mate, we're toward the end of the show, but this is a part of our segment of our show that is notorious. It's it's hard hitting questions. You think Danny Wilder hard some hard questions? This one's even harder. Mm. It's Ben Little's <laughs> sixty second blitz with blitz. All the best. Now, mate, I'm just going to fire a bunch of questions out here for sixty seconds. You're just going to answer the first thing that comes to your head, okay? Yep, All sounds right. good. Get on a plane with a few of your mates. Where are you going? Top destination. Vegas. Oh, wow, yeah. 
You done the Vegas trick before? Uh, yeah, we may have gone there when the Cowboys <laughs> won the comp. So, Ooh, how good's um, that? Yeah, that was that was an experience. I'm not talking about Vegas. I win the comp. How good would that be? Yeah, that'd be good. I wouldn't know. Now listen, <laughs> best, best, Melbourne would um, best date you've ever been on. Best date? Yeah. Be careful. Um, where where yeah, was that? What did it involve? What did you do? Anything special? Oh, um, well, when we were playing, when I was playing in the UK, uh, we went to Greece for the weekend. Oh, um, how do you beat that? That's yeah. Sick. Went went on a went on a date in a little waterside restaurant. Um, yeah, a couple of red wines and and some fish. And yeah, that was pretty nice. And baby two was conceived. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mate, yeah, um, obviously. When uh, when you've had a, you had a rough one and you just you need to emotionally eat and you're just gonna you know gorge at something what what are you eating? Ah, uh, KFC. Oh wow. Okay. Now listen, you go to the movies. You can pick two items. What are you picking? Popcorn and Maltesers. Yeah. Oh, okay. ding yeah. ding ding! Yeah. It's amazing how you're little people friends. how little people answer that question. Yeah, that way, isn't it? Yeah. Like we we want that answer. We love yeah, that answer. We love it. And I reckon we get one in five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we also add a chop combination top if you can get a third. Ah, uh, top top movie while we're there. Ah, uh, top movie. Remember the Titans. Favorite movie of all time. Left side, strong side. Okay. Now listen. Um, where did you meet your partner? She slid into your DMs or what? Talk to us. Um, I tried to chase her up on social media. It didn't work. Yeah. Um, and then we bumped into each other at the Mad Cow in Townsville. Yes. Okay. The Mad Cow, what a place. Yeah. We're all great romances, okay. Blossom. Yeah, I went there last night. <laughs> now, what is um, what is the best investment you've ever made? Oh, um, recently got a Dyson vacuum. <laughs> I that is. Before, before that, we had a... We had a, a um, just a normal one with a cord. Yeah. And, yeah, hands-free, it's easy as we fight over who does the vacuum because oh. we both enjoy it. It's just fulfilling, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's such a that significant moment. Yeah, that's good. Uh, okay, um, now, last but not least, um, if you can meet anyone on God's green earth, who are you meeting and what are you asking them? Oh. You already oh, met Sonny Bill. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I'd love to meet Tiger Woods. Oh, yeah. Um, and ask him a lot of questions. Yeah, that's good. He, he would have some stories, <laughs> I don't know, wouldn't he? I'd just love to meet him. Yeah, he, he would have would, some stories, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh. Interesting upbringing. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah like from a young age, his dad. Mentality stuff. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Party scene. Yeah. And yeah. Him, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah him himself, he's, he's been through a lot of injuries in that as well yeah, recently. Yeah. So being able to come back from that as well would be... Do you want to um, know... Yeah, just see what his mindset's like. My question for him, Benny? Yeah, sure. Why have you held on to it for so long? Mm. Why do you still insist to grow your hair? Yeah. He's got to let it go, mate. Yeah. Tiger. He, his hair is no good, mate. Yeah. His hair. He needs a well-being officer. He, in his he, he makes noise if he walks past you. <laughs> <laughs> it's as wispy as I get. Oh, what's well, uh, unfortunately it's that time where it's the end of the show. Hey, um, Kingy, I one thank you for coming to the show. Yes, um, 
to your, your story, I know I've got no doubt it will help inspire others and, and you're doing that every day in your job. But as someone that got to play alongside you and got to see you like walk side by side and see you, I guess, handle situations that are thrown at you and the way you, you just did it with so much class. Um, I really admire you as a person, but also the, the way you're able to just to kind of get, get on with things and, and get through tough times um, is something that is not easy to do, but um, you've, you've done it in such, an, uh, such a way that really inspired people around you. Um, I've got no doubt you're going to conquer the next part of your career. Uh, and I can't wait to uh, see you again soon, mate. Give you a big bear hug. Yeah, thank you very much, Timmy. My right. daughter's just come in on cue. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> tell her we say g'day and tell her her uh, future brother or sister is only around the corner. Yeah. Hey, awesome. and, and let me tell you, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy for you, mate. The men yeah. the men have a hard time of it too, right? So brace yourself. Yeah. Hydrate, get some good sleep, get ready to roll. What is sleep? Thanks. Thanks again, Kingy. All the best, Ledge. No worries. Thanks, guys. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.